Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of course, we've got Geraldine McEwen as the, the the evil nun at the kind of top of the tree. Okay. Um, I mean, I would say any scene where she's cutting hair is impactful <laughs> and horrible in this film. Uh, and yeah, I mean, as she's most famous for playing Miss Marple. Um, on TV and she's completely different here. She's, te- she's horrible, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's evil. Terrible. It's 57 of Flitzwatcher Podcast. Today we are joined by Eleanor. Hi. And Liam. Hello. And always Helen. Hello. And we're going to be reviewing the Magdalene Sisters. We are, of course, on iTunes where you can subscribe and leave us a lovely review. You can also find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod. Come say hi, give us a tweet and... Visit the website flixwatcher.tv for full listings of each episode. So guys, just as a big reminder, all films on the podcast were available on Netflix at the time of recording. There will be bad language. There will be spoilers. I hope you enjoy it. See you later. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Flix Watcher podcast. Today our guests are Eleanor and Liam. If you would like to say hello and tell our lovely listeners a little bit about the podcast that you do. Hi, so my name's Eleanor and I do um, a podcast called the Bygones Podcast or Bygones Podcast um, and it's uh, an Ali McBeal rewatch podcast where we take each episode an episode of Ali McBeal and watch it through 2018 eyes um, because scary, things have changed <laughs> in, a, in a surprising way. And uh, yeah, that's that's our podcast. Um, how many episodes of Ali McBeal are there? Oh, God. Um, I, I'm not sure, actually. I think there's five seasons and I think there's about 20 something episodes. Yeah, it sounds like this is ER territory. ER is well, no, more. ER is 15 seasons of anywhere between. 24 and 20, I think. <laughs> I thought we were going to say like anywhere between 24 and like four. <laughs> I think right. it's about 100 episodes for Annie McBill. I'm pretty it? sure. Yeah, 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 you'd yeah. know better. Yeah. So you are committed to 100 episodes. Yes, we in. are. We are. Uh, through the rough and the smooth. <laughs> I, I was never really an Ali McBeal fan, were I, you? I watched, um, I guess we'll talk about this a bit more, but I watched the first maybe six or seven episodes. Um, quite Okay. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but it, it was that time when a 20 episode season was fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> now, now I could, there's no way I could handle the 20 episode season of one of one it's particular a lot. show. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. But you only have to watch an episode every two weeks if you're watching along with you guys. So yes, it's fine. that is true. It's fortnightly, <laughs> so you know it's not too much. <laughs> and what about yourself, good sir? Uh, I do a podcast called Spotlight. Uh, so that's like Spotlight, but with Spock from Star Trek instead of Spot. Uh, basically, the idea is... Uh, I've, practiced, lots... I've described that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> basically, the idea is is we view Star Trek from a non-Trekky perspective. Obviously, Star Trek is something we're a very hardcore fan base. And we thought it would be interesting being that me and my co-hosts, Matt and Paul... Uh, none of us were massive trackies before we started the podcast to view something like that from kind of outsider perspective um give a kind of fresh kind of view on it especially with the new series star trek discovery yep uh obviously bring lots of new fans onto it probably uh, also available on netflix obviously um and yeah we've been going for about a year and a half now uh we're kind of first started with the movies now we're having a look at the tv series uh, we started to interview some people from the world of star trek on there so with the producer of uh, star trek 2 the wrath of khan robert salin on the podcast and stuff and uh yeah that's what we've been doing fantastic and you're not doing episode by episode when it comes to the se- series are you fuck no <laughs> so, like uh, <laughs> i mean that would i mean Elliot bill's got about 100 i think I think we actually had a bit in a recent episode where we said how many hours of television all of Star Trek take up. I think you spend something like seven solid weeks of your life watching Whoa. Star Trek or <laughs> something like that. Um, so no, not episode. But at the moment, what we're doing is a thing where we get someone on who's a big fan of one of the individual series of Star Trek to kind of pick an episode for us to watch and tell us why we should watch that whole season because each like of the different series has about seven seasons so yeah. there's a, there's a lot it's, it's just became it. like unwieldy for me I was yeah. a gen- I was a next generation watcher but then I, I died out when it came to <laughs> Space Nine or... have you become a Trekkie now by osmosis a little bit I I would say I'd say a little bit I mean it's one of those things where I kind of feel like to become full Trekkie you have to have seen like all of the series at least or something like that and uh, but I definitely like it a lot more than I did going in Mm. now and I've definitely got much more of an interest in exploring more like I actually really enjoy watching more and more of it now and learning more about the show I've become invested certainly are you a Trekkie or Trekker uh, Helen? I mean, I, I like you, I used to watch Next Generation and um, I've, I've watched quite a few of the films when I was younger and quite enjoyed the reboots, but I'm not a Trekkie, no, yeah. I don't... Does it seem I, a bit un- unwilled, like too much to have a have I mean, a bite now, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of back catalogue, but I don't, I don't know, maybe the new series I might be tempted to have a dip in. Well, if you feel the same way and you listen at home, we're the perfect way to get <laughs> you started, so there you go. Um, so we're talking about the Magdalene sisters and Eleanor, you chose this film. I did, Can yes. You tell us what happens in it and yeah. why you chose it. Yeah, so Please tell us why you chose it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the synopsis, basically uh, the Magdalene sisters, um, the film is set in Ireland in the 1960s. And um, I think in the first five minutes it, it is, it's very quickly done. Like we meet three 
young. I think they're teenagers. They're certainly not adults yet. Mm. And um, three three young girls. The first is Margaret, played by Anne-Marie Duff. Um, she gets raped by her cousin at a wedding and she tells someone who tells her father, who tells a priest. And the very next day she is packed off to a Magdalene laundry. And then we meet uh, Bernadette, played by Nora Jane Noon. Um, and she's an orphan. Um, and we see like a member of staff uh sort of see her in a in a playground sort of um sort of flirting with the local boys in this playground and then the very next day she's gone um out of the orphanage into a Magdalen laundry and then we meet Rose who um has clearly had a baby out of wedlock and her parents and a priest forced her to put this baby up to adoption mm-hmm. and then she's packed off to a Magdalen laundry and basically these we follow these three girls who all arrive at the same laundry on the same day and the uh, terrible abuse that they all suffer in this uh laundry um and yeah, the, the Magdalene laundries were basically just this um, institution. I think it was pretty much like a, a pretty exclusively a Catholic institution that was for fallen women, like, uh, i.e. sort of sexually promiscuous women. Or um, potentially sexually, sorry, I'm yes, putting into your Yeah, time. no, no, you're right. Like just anyone who just was not being a good Catholic girl just got sort of outcast and sent to these places by their families and caregivers and yeah that that's that's the synopsis (laughs) so why why did you choose it for us so and all the listeners i chose it because um it's basically a really important film i think like i saw this film on the off chance when uh, I was just randomly watching TV with my mum one day. Uh, I think I would have been about 18 at the time. Yikes. And we both got just hooked in to this film and were gripped by it and were in bits by the end. And I'd never heard of a Magdalene Laundry before that time. Like, I'd, I, think I, I think I knew that there was obvious sort of dodgy goings on in the Catholic Church, but I didn't know just how bad and just how systemic it was until I sort of saw this film and it was just yeah I just think it's an important film because I think the Catholic Church would love to sweep all of this under the carpet and that we never mention it again and I think these films are really important I mean Peter Mullen who directed it said the reason that he did it was because um Basically, he felt the victims of these laundries had received no closure, no compensation, no acknowledgement that it happened and that it was wrong. And it was basically through, I feel it's through films like this that refuse to sort of shut up about this stuff that you get things like, uh, you know, a state apology from the Irish government was only given in 2013, like... Five years ago, yeah, yeah. and like uh, that's just insanity to me. And I just think, like, yeah, like th- these films are important for that reason. So, how many have you guys watched this before, Helen? And yeah, I, um, I've watched Liam? it before. Yeah, um, <laughs> were you looking forward to the rewatch when when Eleanor? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll, I think we'll talk more about this later in terms of rewatchability. But I mean, it is it is a hard going mm. film. Um, 
you know, it's, I, I mean, I genuinely say it's one of the most like punishing films yeah. like I've ever watched. Uh, it's, it's pretty relentless. Helen, I'd seen it, but I've seen it before, um, and I, I think maybe I'd blocked out how grim it is because, I mean, any film that opens with a rape is never really going to be. Yeah, it's not. It's uh, it's know, not you... promising. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, it's it is a really important film. Um, and something so recent as well. The last laundry actually only closed in 1996. I know, they say that. Which is like astonishing. It's shocking when that, because that's the thing, it's all set in the 60s, but in, because it's in Ireland, everything looks like it's the 40s. Like it's just slightly behind the times. And just (laughs) like. Apologies to our (laughs) Irish. I do think Ireland is better now than it was. I'm Irish, so it's fine. Like. (laughs) But it's that, it's that thing of like, I think. Um, yeah, you watch it and you're like, oh my God, how could this have happened? Mm. And, this is horrible know, so history. And oh, then, it's only a few years ago. Yeah, exactly, like 96, the last one closed in 96. So how, um, I don't know how true to life these um, activities as portrayed in the film are. Well, they're obviously the, at the end of the film, you sort of get an update of, to the main characters. So yeah. these are based on real, real stories. Is that verified by IMDb or Wikipedia? Well, I don't know. Um, I think they are inspired by, like... Um, I don't think they all were particularly at the same one at the same time, but mm. they were all individuals. So they were specific stories. people. Yeah. No. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, actually... Think, sorry. Yeah, like an inmate had spoke to... that had been an, an inmate at one of the Magdalene laundries actually turned around to Peter Mullen and said what was depicted in the film. Like, it was far worse than that which is horrifying. <laughs> it's, it's Ireland's ongoing treatment of women and their bodies and sexuality and abortion kind of still continues. Yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, there's kind of two sides of the coin where this kind of film aligns itself with. One is the kind of the Catholic church not being a very good place to hang out if you're in it. Anyone. <laughs> yeah. unless, unless you're a priest or... A nun in power. Yeah. Oh, so- and even then, if sometimes if you're a priest or a nun, you don't have it that well. So basically, let's just say Catholic, Catholic Church. Church. And then there's the kind of films where there's institutions rain down on you. So on, on the institution side, you've got like Scum, um, which is not a, a fun film to watch. And the Catholic side, I guess you've got documentaries like Maximum Mea Culpa, um, Sleepers, is uh all those film. fun films yeah <laughs> and most recently spotlight yes. highlighting highlighting yeah. what happened in not about your podcast yeah. no <laughs> that was not the dramatization of the recording of our podcast uh, funny enough i for almost chose spotlight but then we thought it might be a double bill of like catholic injustice <laughs> like, like... <laughs> um so yeah is that i mean catholic films and and these kind of films how how i mean it's not great publicity for it really no it's not have you have you seen maximum mayor culpa and no i haven't i've seen spotlight and i've seen uh another film this reminded me of was like philomena did you ever see I've never that seen, i've not seen that yet i've not seen that yet that yeah. was that was, that was someone pick it it is on yeah. pick it, it someone yeah. yeah future guests it's please a pick it for film. us you can watch it, it outside of the podcast oh no but then i have to watch it again <laughs> it's, i mean it's a about a similar thing isn't it but yeah. i say philomena is it's more it's a palatable. lot more hopeful and yeah. a lot more uh it definitely has like yeah those two alone will make it seem more 
palatable. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, it's not really because are, are there flashbacks in that or? Uh, yeah, I, I think there's not anything yeah. on that, part of this. Is that on the females? Because those other other films I've talked about tend to be on the on the priest abuse of men. I think that's more of American Catholic also, church, Sing, isn't it? Sing Street had a bit of Catholic. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's got a bit of Catholic abuse in it, hasn't it? A little, little bit, <laughs> little thrown, bit of Catholic abuse. <laughs> so that's that's more Mexican, uh, more Mexican, more well, American. The, sleepers yeah. and Spotlight are all American, aren't they? Yeah, so but over just, here it's Sleepers. The whole thing in Sleepers, it's not. It, it's the prison guards, isn't it? Doing it, not the like, not the priest. Oh, the, the priest, the good guy. Oh, so in, so in sleepers. sleepers is on the scum side, not the Catholic side. Yeah, it's like they're going to like uh, institutional. Yeah, yeah. institution. Because I think I think the only priest in it is Robert De Niro. I think he's a good guy. In okay, it, rather than that. So, so maybe that's, that's, one. that's standing up wrong. for the priests. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're great. Standing up for the Catholics. <laughs> um, but yeah, you mentioned the opening with a rape, and that is it is a vicious mm. rape as well, oh, isn't it? I mean, horrible. literally when. He just comes back in, slams that door in her face straight first, away. You think it's really she's visceral. Getting away from him, like yes. you think she's shamed him enough to walk away because she goes like, "What would your father say?" Because he's her cousin. He mm. does just seem to wander off and then goes outside. And then obviously something snaps inside of him. He goes, "No, that's it. Yeah, take no for an answer." Comes back in. It's horrible. Yeah. Really nasty. I mean, that whole entire opening is like. It genuinely well, the watch three, it how the three stories link together how the the three main well, ladies link together uh, more to about Anne-Marie Duff's kind of flashback okay. in the sense of the way that is filmed in the sense of we're, we're totally with her mm. in that scene she's gradually just watching as all these men kind of play Chinese whispers with each other kind of like you know and you can tell that they're just gradually deciding yeah, she's you, to blame yeah. and they're looking at her with real hatred in their eyes and you really feel with her and your heart's sinking because you're like oh god what's happening because you're not like, hearing yeah. anything that no. anyone's saying you're it's just... well it's well played at intro isn't it yeah i yeah. mean this is um peter mullins directed a few films all yeah. of them a joy as you can imagine <laughs> um the joyful man that he is and um i mean it's it's really well handled in terms of the direction and that scene is one of the standout, standout ones, ones. Yeah. um because i i didn't read it that way the first i was thinking all oh, right this guy's gonna get his comeback um oh. in, in a way it's like that's that's not a good start, and obviously because I knew nothing about the film, I thought yeah. the Magnus sisters would be her sisters. <laughs> right, <laughs> Actually, her. she was she was somewhat she was um, Bernadette. Is it Bernadette her character? No, uh, no that's, that's the other. Amory Duff is um, Margaret. So Margaret. I, I thought it was Margaret Madeline, and we'd find out more about her sisters. <laughs> Do you um, think it was the Irish version of Sister to Travelling Pants? Um, that's a film I will never watch, so I can I can tell you that. Um, yeah, so that was it was it's a fantastic opening scene because when you just I mean I misconstrued it, but the fact you couldn't hear the dialogue going through mm. and the music was still kind of playing out, you kept some flashing back to Amory Duff, kept some flashing back to her cousin. Um, it's it is quite harrowing now. I look back at it in that way. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean. Yeah, especially uh, as you say, if you already know what's coming, uh, it's it's yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's horrible. And um, yeah, you were saying about Peter Mullen, obviously, yeah, he's direct all, all of the films. I think he's directed are pretty re- reasonably intense. Ned's and orphans. I've seen orphans. Only two. Have you seen orphans? I haven't, no, but I can kind of imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's really it's a really good film. I would say it is intense. 
but not as horribly harsh as this. Um, I haven't seen Ned's, uh, but I'd like to. But Orphans is also very good. Has anyone seen Sunshine on Leith? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like <laughs> one light. I'm just looking for a joint. I know he didn't direct his death but I think every film I can think of him being involved in is not, apart from Sunshine. Peter, Mr. Tyrannosaur Muller. Yeah, two, Tyrannosaur. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah. He's a Death Eater in a few Harry Potter films. <laughs> yeah. like, so there's that. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I was actually looking up all the films Mullen's been in earlier and I saw Sunshine on Live and I was just like oh yeah that's that's a real anomaly in his CV <laughs> <laughs> like, a nicer film <laughs> do you have to know the, the album Sunshine on Leith to watch, enjoy the film because I that's the reason I haven't watched it yet because I, I just don't know the album because you can't stand the proclaimers <laughs> <laughs> no I like, I like the proclaimers okay. we should I mean, watch it then proclaim, no but I don't know the rest of the album I just know oh. 500 Miles and Letter I, to America yeah, I went into it and only knowing like a couple of songs yeah. and it was fine okay. yeah 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 because uh, one of those things if you want you, you want to enjoy it if you like Mamma Mia you want to know you want to sing along to some other songs you're not going to enjoy it anyway Mamma so Mia 2 is coming out. you're not <laughs> holy shit is that on Netflix I don't know uh, I think it was at some point but anyway we digress uh, you, you mentioned Tyrannosaur Helen and this is um, I'm, I'm alluding to my rewatch rewatchability score and this is something we've touched upon a few times in terms of films that you really like and they're great but realistically what kind of frame of mind do you want to be in to watch watch it again and yes tyrannosaur has been one that's been touted as great film but rewatchability factor <laughs> is low um so you how many times you watch this magdalene sisters yeah i reckon about five six times Crikey. <laughs> I, 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 but i am i am just one of those weirdos that if i like something i will rewatch it okay. i will like i've yeah i've plenty of harrowing films I mean, like the changeling like I've watched plenty of like a few times and yeah I if I like if I really like something I I will re-watch. Jump back in there. <laughs> <laughs> even if it does leave me sad have you has everyone seen Tyrannosaur here yes yeah, yeah. how many times have you seen it I've only seen once. that the once once yeah. once yeah. yeah once is that um you didn't like it that much Ellen. oh no i did like it i think it, it it's just too grim yeah i i think it was just a bit bit too much yeah. for me I don't yeah know. i love trying to i think it's great um but i i've got to be honest uh i don't really rewatch films loads anyway okay uh because i just always think there's always so much else to watch i think it's, it's quite rare me rewatching films anyway the streaming spotify uh problem isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just, uh, I'm just kind of ravenously, oh, sorry, ravenously want to consume new films. So just, yeah, always find my kind of putting rewatches to the back burner. Yeah. It's, it's quite weird actually in Tyrannosaur. Peter Mullen starts off as the, as the, the clear bad person in that film, but he turns out to be not the worst one. No, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there yeah. is some kind of. Happy Ed, you know, silver lining to his his yes. character arc in that film. Yeah, Start, yeah. Starts off kicking a dog to I death. Mean, but... I, Paddy, oh, yeah. Paddy, <laughs> I mean, me and Paddy are from the same place, so I don't. Are you? Yeah, he must have been from a slightly dodgier area. <laughs> um, as we as we good talk, friends as we talk about this, um, his latest film, yeah, the, the yeah, Journeyman. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's meant to be a barrel laughs as well. I really, I really enjoyed that. And we talked about crying in movies, and that's one that I just had me distraught uh one particular scene in that film so i'm really looking forward to that movie. what film's that journeyman 
Paddy Constantine's, Paddy Constantine's new film. Yeah, I think I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where yeah. he's a boxer. I think yes. I showed you a trailer. Yes, like, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, Mullen, of course, has a little cameo in, in this. this. Yeah, he's it's it's lovely in that, isn't he? He's a barrel of, <laughs> he's a barrel of laughs. I mean, that is a heartbreaking scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. He Explain plays, what happens. Well, he plays basically Amory Duff's character, Margaret, is. Um, she's only just recently been thrown in there and she's planning to escape. You can see she's in her sort of day clothes underneath the, the bed sheets at night and um, she's about to creep towards the door to leave and suddenly she hears screaming and shouting and yelling and she runs back into her bed, throws the duvet back over herself and in comes in Peter Mullen dragging this poor girl by the hair. Who had previously escaped. Who had, Yeah, was an inmate at, at the uh, laundry um, who has escaped, run back home only for her father, played by Peter Mullen, to literally drag her back, kicking and screaming and saying, you have no mother, you have no father, like you killed it, you're a whore, you're a slut, you're all whores, you're all sluts and storms out. And it, it is heartbreaking. And, it, and it's that bit at the end where everyone's gone and Una is just, Una's the girl that's been dragged back and she's getting into her nightclothes and she's been beaten, hasn't she? She's got like blood yeah, and bruises yeah. over her face and and Margaret just gets back up and changes into her nightclothes and it's like, holy crap, like she's realised this is what awaits her yeah. if she if she escapes, is is being beaten and taken back. Like it, so. It's really impactful scene. I mean, Mullen's clearly given himself a little plum cameo there because he knows it's going to be a mem- <laughs> memorable scene at the end of the day because, I mean, he just gets to run in, basically, and kind of, like, scream and shout for a bit. Like, yeah, and he's, it's, he's uh, very good at it. Yeah, he is. He is very good at it. And any scenes, Helen, that stick out from you apart from... Um, I mean, the one scene, which, again, is really well directed and just really really horrible is where the nuns are basically playing games with the girls while they've they've just sort of come out the shower and who's who's got the biggest breast who's who's the hairiest and it's just it's really horrific but it's so well directed and just I mean all of the acting in it is fantastic there's Mm -hmm. not one person in it who's a dud I mean, the sort of four lead females um, adding Crispina into the mix in it are mm. fantastic. Who Have they, apart from Anne-Marie Duff, um, have the others done anything of Well, notes? Nora Jane Noons was in the, the Descent. She did a yeah. few more other films as well. But outside of that, nothing particularly huge from anyone else. Is Am- I, I thought Anne-Marie Duff was from Manchester. Is she, is she from Manchester or is she... Yeah, I, I think so. I think, I think yeah. so, but that might just be because of Shameless. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking Fiona of instantly. Yeah. But Nora, uh, Nora Jane Noon, the um, one who plays Bernadette, this was her acting debut. This film, which is pretty amazing, because mm. that's a really great performance she puts in in that movie. And of course, we've got Geraldine McEwen uh, as the, the the evil nun at the kind of top of the tree. Okay. Um, I mean, I would say any scene where she's cutting hair is impactful oh, <laughs> and horrible in this film. Uh, and yeah, I mean, as she's most famous for playing Miss Marple um, on TV, and she's completely different here. She's, te- she's horrible, isn't she? Yeah, yeah she's evil, terrifying. completely evil. <laughs> I mean, 
No, I was gonna say, I've never watched Miss Marple. I don't know if she's a goodie or a baddie. Oh, she's, she's just like this mild-mannered detective, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's I just mean, a I little never Eastern Agra for Christie. Yeah. She's just this old lady little, little detective. Little old lady investigates murders. <laughs> is she the the is she the UK version of uh, Jessica Fletcher? Oh, is that murder? murder she, she, wrote. Wrote. she wrote. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sunday afternoon TV, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Yes. yeah. very much so. Very, very cuddly and comfy, which this is not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think let's um, continue the chat in the scoring section, guys. So um, these are our um, wonderful Flixwatcher scores and uh, the spreadsheet of dreams. <laughs> so they're all out of five. If you feel the need to have a zero, you can have a zero and you you can have a decimal place. You can have you decimal wish. places. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And the first one up is the recommendability. So how likely you are to recommend. And as it's your choice, Eleanor, we'll start with you. Um, so I would put this at a five just because I feel that it's an important film. Like, I think it's something that people need to watch. It's just one of those films where it's like, don't forget what happened here yeah. like don't because otherwise if this stuff doesn't get made i just feel like we under. risk yeah, yeah collectively forgetting what what happened and i i think that would he- be like a huge disservice to the people that lived through it or didn't liam yeah i mean i agree with everything you say there i mean i'd give it a five as well because much as it is hard going i mean obviously if you go recommend it to someone the first thing to say would be do you want to watch a scene where a woman screams you're not a man of god 24 times <laughs> yes then this is the film for you but it's that thing whether it's gonna be a happy experience watching it or not mm. i don't think it matters i think it's one of those things where i mean this is really like island's great shame at the end of the day and i think it needs to be seen just like films like spotlight and stuff so people can acknowledge what happened and be aware of it because i mean you know like you said kobe you weren't before you went into this film that this actually happened and so i think that just demonstrates yeah yeah and i am well read person so (laughs) (laughs) helen (laughs) i'm going to carry on the the fives and also give it a five um i mean i've seen this before and i think until you'd mentioned it that we were watching it again i'd kind of forgotten about it and forgotten obviously that it was true and that it only recently ended and I just think it is a really really important film about women in Ireland and the history that people you know you need to watch and you need to be aware of these things and I think by watching it you're kind of acknowledging all those women who did suffer and giving them a bit of closure. I'm gonna go for 4.58 on this. Oh wow, that's <laughs> Is that for the the point two person who you're not going to recommend it to, like the under fives? And um, I think I'll just, I'll just there will be people if when I recommend it to people, there will be massive caveats. To, yeah. to people. And the fact I'll have to explain the caveats have to has to detract from the recommendability score. Okay. For me, fair enough. Um, it's a tough watch. I. I think we'll talk a bit more, bit more about my thoughts in the repeat viewing score, which I think is apt for you to go yeah. into, Eleanor. Okay, so uh, rewatchability, I've put three because I kind of felt like I can't give it 
a low score because I myself have rewatched it so many times. I think and if you, you, I think if you've watched it that many times, exactly, then it has to be, have to it has to be more than zero. Exactly. Yeah. However, I completely appreciate that plenty. <laughs> in fact, probably most people would watch this and be like, watched it once. That's enough. And I feel like that is a perfectly fair reaction to have. Yeah. So I would put it at a three. Liam? I think I'd probably go with 2.5 because I've now seen it multiple times as well. Not as many as Anna, <laughs> but I think I've seen it two or three times. Um, but it isn't a nice experience. Watch it, Having watched it again for this podcast, I was thinking to myself, this is a great film. I don't think I'm going to be putting myself through it again anytime soon. But I have watched it multiple times. So, you know, obviously there is some rewatch value there. But you are essentially watching two hours of horrific pain and humiliation. Mm. So, yeah, I'd say settle on a 2.5. Helen. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a two because I have seen it um, more than once now. And. Uh, it was kind of good that I did watch it again um, because there were some bits that I hadn't quite remembered. I think I'd probably blocked it out of my mind a what? little bit. Oh, there anything was there anything that had to be dragged out from the annals of your brain? Uh, well, I I couldn't remember how it opened, so seeing yeah. the opening rating <laughs> again was a bit like, oh shit, yeah, this is how how it, starts. How it is, and I could kind of remember <laughs> loose bits of the story um, put together. But I think it was also the kind of relationships that they form between them are quite so there's some slightly lovelier moments in with some of the horror so I'd obviously mm. just remembered kind of the plot and that it's you know pretty um it's a pretty sort of depressing watch I'm gonna go for one here <laughs> oh. I mean there I don't. Was, I don't judge you for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm probably. It's unlikely that I would need to watch it again. I mean, yeah. I last watched it in 2002 when it came out. So, I think yeah, it's one. It's again, it's a, it's a great film. Um, it's really good film, well made. It, I just think there's there's a have a big list of films I, I should rewatch again. Well, I should quote unquote. Twelve Years a Slave, Tyrannosaur. Yeah, just <laughs> on, that, on that list. No, when, some when, film, when I think it, some films are not really made to be watched. I think this one. I I first watched. I watched Sleepers. I've only seen it once. But a friend gave it to me on VHS. Uh, is that old? And I thought this is a waste of plastic. I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> although, although at least you can share it to other people and say, "What's this?" And then um, never watch it again. But it's one of those kind of films. Have, have you got any films that you think? You just know the subject matter, and you don't. You find it hard even to watch it for the first time. Because I'm thinking, like, Hunger's on uh, Netflix, and I've seen that, but I've not seen it. And I'm thinking, uh, I'm yeah. not sure when I'd watch that. Not and when I'm, you're hungry. Is that worse or better? <laughs> I don't know. Worse or better? <laughs> Torment. Hunger is hard going, um, but they've now got on Netflix Bobby Sands' 66 Days, which is the documentary version. So this, yeah. do a double bill. Yeah, yeah exactly. What a night. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting. I, I would actually quite like to see a documentary version of this and actually find out what happened. Well, there is this. a documentary, like because this was actually is it on I, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, it was. That was Helen. If it's not Netflix. <laughs> this was inspired by a documentary. I think it's called um, "Sex in a Cold Climate." Right. Um, I think it was done in 1993. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like a horrible title. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like uh, I think 
Peter Mullen must have seen this documentary and been like, gotta make a film about this. Mm. And did. <laughs> it's what the Peter Mullen character, obviously, I hope, he, I don't know if, if he's typical of all the parents, but he seemed so gleefully happy to throw well, Luna back into all these all these women were put there by someone yeah, whether yeah. it was their families or the orphanages yeah. or i can kind of understand the orphanages a bit but you but know the, but the family the, the mothers yeah. and the fathers this is what they, they were told that you know if that behavior's gonna get them sent to you know they need to go to the church to be sorted out we'll sort them out because they're gonna go to hell otherwise yeah. Yeah. And, and i think it was one of those things where like you just listened to a priest if a priest told you to do something yeah. you did it um and also i believe the i mean it's interesting because when you look at the history of the magdalene laundries they were initially set up to help fallen women and they could go in and out as they chose. Right. So it was kind of like a place you went where you weren't, when you were destitute and, yeah, like and, a, like a and women's needed shelter help. Almost. Yeah, exactly. But it eventually warped into this place where you were put in there by other people and you could only leave if the nuns felt you had, had paid your penance and cleaned your soul enough to go. And done enough laundry. Rarely, rarely mm. happened because mm. free labour, why would you let that go? Or a male member of your family came to pick you up. Which so is what happened to Margaret. Yeah. Margaret. Yeah. Like, so your mother could not go in and get you. And if you didn't have any other male, like male members of so, your yeah. family, and pe- people thought they they were getting paid, didn't they? They yeah. they you know they were paying money into these laundries to have their clothes washed, gave the money, and they were like, well, they must be paying the women. Mm. Yeah, which is interesting again because initially, yeah, once upon a time when these laundries were set up, there were some that did pay these women. Okay, but again, it just warped into something like a prison for people that had not committed any crime well like you say it's, it's basically you're never getting out are you because there, yeah. there's a woman who's been in there for 40 years isn't oh, there who's horrible. like gone completely mad yeah going, like, you complete know, Stockholm of, syndrome she, she's come a complete snitch to the kind of like nuns and everything like that because she's just I think she actually dies while she's in yeah, there yeah she, she does Katie yeah, yeah yeah so I mean I think that kind of is this real shock to the system to the younger girls of like, oh, we ain't never getting out unless we take this into our own hands. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's move on to the small screen score. Eleanor. Okay. okay, so I've put a four because I kind of feel like um, it it does work on a small screen. Like I don't feel like uh, you're necessarily missing out on anything um by by not seeing it at the cinema so yeah i think it works pretty well on a small screen um yeah i'm gonna go with a four as well i mean i, I think it's reasonably uh kind of lo-fi uh in its visual stylings however the reason i wouldn't give it a five is because i simply think that if you saw this in the cinema which i assume you did helen back in the day i can only imagine that in a darkened room when you're on your own it would add an extra level of horrible claustrophobia and kind of make the unrelating harshness even more horrible than if you're watching it at home and i kind of think in this regard actually that's you know why it was made for cinema maybe rather than tv you know helen well as someone who has seen it in the cinema and at home i can say that um i mean I'm going to give it a five because I, it came out in 2002 and 
I don't think particularly many people saw it then. It wasn't on a, a massive release, I don't think. So the fact I'd, now yeah, I'd be that surprised it's surprised if it was, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I mean, it did come to the Aberystwyth Art Cinema. <laughs> there we go. It was there. That's where I saw it. Um, so I think that it's it's on Netflix for people to watch and continue to get this story yeah. out there. I mean, it, there's nothing cinematic about it that needs to be no. seen on on a, on a big screen or anything. But you know, it's there. It's a really important film. So if you're still listening, um, yeah, definitely watch it if you on haven't Netflix. seen it. I'm going to go with the spotlight bygones people with a four um because i think that's i was gonna go uh high, i was gonna go for a five but i think what you're talking about there in terms of and i guess it probably ties in with the engagement score a bit as well the overwhelming oppression of sometimes being in a cinema and watching a film like this because I, I saw tyrannosaur in a cinema i saw Oof. i saw 12 years a slave in a cinema Oof. and those are both kind of films <laughs> i was just at the end i'm not sure if i was the last person to leave but i was one of the people just mm. kind of going well, that's that then. That's my. <laughs> but with, I think that's one of the things about Netflix and the engagement score. Watching things on TV, you can quite quickly detach yourself from it and just leave the room and not forget about it. But well, I think it means you can like, if it's getting a bit too much, you just want to stop and have a cup of tea. Mm. You can pause it, go make some cup of tea, and come back. And so you're not like just kept in this state of looking at the abuse that these women are facing day after day i need to ask we need to ask jen and dave um who have been on for the family tree podcast and getting better acquainted they have the thing where yeah they through a film, ratings for tea don't they yeah they stop halfway through a film and make a cup of tea irrespective so and if they don't have a cup of tea then it's been really really yeah. engaging it's not been a suitable moment to pause um let's go to the engagement score um eleanor yeah, so I put, I gave it a five for engagement because um, mainly I think because of the way my mum reacted to this film when we uh, first saw it together. Because mm. my mum is one of those people who, uh, especially, she's not, she doesn't get easily engaged in films, especially if it's on TV at home yeah. because there's so many distractions. Um, but this film, like, hooked us immediately into it and did not let go um until the very end and that is so rare for my mom <laughs> that I'm like wow if it can hook her in and keep her with with the film yeah. all the way through to the end like I, I think that's that's pretty impressive when when you're watching this you, you said at the start at the top of the show that you've watched it with your mum mm. and obviously it starts with a rape yeah that's the kind of point where I kind of go um off to bed <laughs> <laughs> I'll see. You, I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, but you, but you stuck with it. Yeah, I guess like, I, I, I think I come from a family that doesn't has never really shied away. I mean, my mum's a midwife, so sure. like we have all kinds of graphic conversations at the dinner table, and that is normal. <laughs> like... I mean, and also we're not sixteen anymore, so it's it's a little bit different. No, but you were eighteen when you saw it. I you? was about eighteen. Yeah. yeah. No, we just. Just don't, yeah, like, it's, it's all right, it's fine. <laughs> uh, Liam? Uh, yeah, engagement, I'd go with a five, definitely. Uh, I mean, I think it's hard to look away um, in a film like this, um, you know, apart from if you're kind of wanting to get away from it for a bit and you might pause. But, I, I mean, for me, I think you're pretty glued to the screen because you can't help but kind of just... <laughs> 
not just look on and just see it's, it's so it's so harsh mm. the film it's it's so punishing and it's because of that he's very very gripping especially when it you know eventually it does turn into a sort of prison escape movie and you know and then that you're so desperate for them oh, to yeah. get out you know so yeah five all the way oh helen um so i mean it's tricky because obviously I, i've seen it twice now and it doesn't really offer much the second time round in terms of anything new. So I'm going to give the engagement score based on the first time I saw it. So I'm going to give it a five. This film could easily have been a lot longer. I haven't actually made a note of the runtime, which is quite surprising for me. Yeah, I mean, it it could have gone on longer. There could have been more stories. <laughs> there could have been, you know, they could have picked out so much more and as someone said to Peter Mullen like you know you, you know you didn't show the half of it really yeah, yeah. and it doesn't feel like that and it just it is completely engaging because you you really care what happens to these mm. people and you care about the ones that are left behind as well and you you really do for those two hours you know what is going to happen to them what's going to happen next and it it is and it forces you to watch as well so even though you might sort of look away for some of the more horrific bits you're just so engaged in what happens i'm gonna go a bit lower than you guys at 4.5 i reckon oh, come on kobe <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what I, at some point I, I think i found not i want not preposterous like some of it was like looking on in disbelief at what was kind of going on okay and um in, what, in which bits yeah i was gonna ask like the not like I didn't like when they did the escape bit uh, okay. when they were escaping and um, they she was smashing down the door. She was like, <laughs> yeah, I love, keep, love it. Keeping the nun back into the into room. It. When I say disbelief, I don't mean like I can't believe this is happening. It was more like it just took me out of the film a bit. Yeah, okay. Um, in a way, I don't know why. I, I just felt some points I was a bit disconnected from it, or maybe I wanted oh, to be removed okay. from it a bit. Um, and like when. Crispina was stood on the toilet before then she went to like actually try and hang herself. I didn't I, just, I didn't those kind of bits took me out of it. I don't know why. Oh, okay. But um I can't really explain. But I, just, there was just a feeling. But otherwise I'm just like watching through a hand with gritted teeth at <laughs> the things. And it's a it's a fifteen, isn't it? So it's not mm. in terms of violence and other things, it's not graphically that terrifying it's just depression is hard so i can understand why you guys have gone for fives across the board there um but for me it's 4.5 uh which for us gives us a score of 4.03 that's pretty high it's yeah good. It's considering the, re- the, the repeat viewing, repeat viewing yeah. is so low yeah, to, to bring it out impressive. um so yeah cheers i probably won't watch this again like i say but i think people are listening if you're half interested you should do whenever you get the opportunity what kind of what kind of scene what kind of setting would you recommend what for watching this yeah is it sunday afternoon after you roast dinner no see sunday i think you need to have a chilled kind of uh film uh it's maybe like a tuesday or a wednesday isn't it yeah i think that's a fair you've got you've got three monday (laughs) it's not quite wednesday it's not thursday and you're rolling into the weekend do you think you need like a to have had a hard day at work where you want to get something get some vengeance or do you think you need to when you need a good cry (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping sure it's that (laughs) good cathartic cry date night date night 
I loved um, Matthew from Pappy's telling us that he went after he proposed to his wife uh, in in Paris. Then they went to watch Shame. Oh my god, <laughs> that, that famous date movie. <laughs> going to marry me or <laughs> okay yeah so 4.03 um guys thank you very much for bringing this to our attention can you let us know where we can find you online and twitters and stuff like that yeah so you can find um the bygones podcast uh at bygones podcast on twitter and bygones podcast on facebook and at bygones pod on instagram and yeah we're, we're out every fortnight uh, yeah, you can find Spotlight at Spotlight Pod on Twitter, Instagram, all the kind of social medias. Uh, can't remember my own Twitter handle. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just listen to the podcast. That's all that matters. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks, then. Yeah. Thank you. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find all of the episodes on our website, flickswatcher.tv. Want to give us your five-star review? Follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter. Big shout out to our editor, Brendan Russell, for all his awesome editing skills. And thanks, as always, to the mighty people for their tunes.